We are starting a new series called The Pursuit of Presence. And uh, I'm going to let you in on exactly what that is in just a moment. Uh, But I did want to start by reading something to you out of Psalm 84. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. It won't be on the screen um, because I want you just to kind of receive it. All right. I know that sometimes you may have even had a hard time getting here this morning. You know, trying to get here just to show up. Maybe you're running around a little frazzled. Maybe you even yelled at your kids. You know, maybe you yelled at your spouse. I don't know what happened. But in the busyness, in the hurry of life, sometimes what happens is the presence of God that we can have, the presence of God that we can have isn't what we have. And you may feel that right now. You may not feel the presence of the Lord today. And so, so what I want to do for just a moment is I want to stop and just pause. And I want to read a scripture to you. This is Psalm 84. Matter of fact, I would encourage you to read the scripture over and over and over again over the next few weeks as we go through this series. But listen to these words and let them be life to you. Psalm 84, verse 1. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. How lovely is the church. How lovely is the place that God is. My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. Has it been a while since your soul longed for the house of God? My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I don't know about you, but this morning my heart and my flesh is crying out for the living God. Just slow down a moment. Even the sparrows has a home, has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she lays her young. Even even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed, listen to this, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. It says, so if we dwell in the house of the Lord, it leads to a place of praise. And then the Bible says, Selah. I don't know if you know what Selah means, but Selah is just a Hebrew word that means to pause and ponder for a moment what you just read. Selah. (laughs) Then watch this. Blessed is the man or woman whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. As they pass through, listen to this, as they pass through the valley of weeping, as they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a spring The rain also covers it with pools. Did you see it? It's the refreshing of the Lord. It's the refreshing of the Lord in the middle of the weeping. Then watch. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Oh, Lord God of hosts, hear my prayers. Give ear, oh God of Jacob. Oh, God, behold your shield, our shield, God. And look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts, perhaps you've heard this. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Do you believe that? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is sun and shield. I like that. He's warmth. He's my provider and my protector. 
He's my son and my shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And then look, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man or woman who trusts in you. I ask you today, where is your trust? Where do you put your hope? What are you reaching for? What direction are you headed? Get this. What direction are you headed? I want to share something with you as we zero in a little bit. Because this entire series comes out of Psalm 84. And I want to read this to you. Psalm 84, 7. I read it just a second ago, but I want to read it out of the Amplified Version. Listen to this. You've got to hear this. Are you, are you listening? I just want to make sure you're listening. You've got to hear this. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Each of them appears before God in Zion. Now, I don't know if that strikes you at first. I'm not sure if you kind of grab that mentally yet. I'm hoping you grab it mentally, but I'm also hoping that your spirit starts to get a hold of it. Because I'm telling you, there is something amazing about what I just read. Because see, what the Bible is saying, and this is where this entire series comes from, is that somehow... If I am going in the right direction, the Bible says that I can move from strength to strength. Do you get that? I I move from strength to strength. The Amplified goes on and says increasing in victorious power. So what that means is, is that if I'm moving in the right direction... If I'm moving towards God, if I'm in his presence consistently, which the Bible says I can be because if the Holy Spirit lives in me, then he's right there. Matter of fact, I don't even have to go outside of myself to find it. And the Bible says very clearly, strength to strength. And here's what I want for you. And this is what I want for me. Imagine always and ever increasing in victorious power. Can you imagine? Can you imagine going through life ever increasing in victorious power, strength to strength? I don't know about you. You guys don't seem happy enough for what I'm saying. Because, see, what that means is is that you don't ever have to live depleted. That the Spirit of God that lives in you, if you are a follower of Jesus today, says that you can always live with ever-increasing presence, ever-increasing power. If we get this, it's a game-changer. As we come into 2021, guys, it's been rough. But all of those things can be for my good, can to strengthen me into the person that God wants me to be. All of the challenges, all of the persecution, all of it can lead me to the throne room of God to where I can increase strength to strength, ever increasing victorious power. Woo! 
I know, that's what we need. But here's the problem. Some of us are going in the wrong direction. We're on a pilgrimage. We're all on a pilgrimage. We're all going from here to there. As a leader, my job is to help people go from here to there. And sometimes I try to help people go from here to there. As a matter of fact, this message is about helping people go from here to there. The problem is, is that when I say, this is where we are, this is where we need to go, same with God, sometimes me as a human being, you as a human being, decide to go a different direction. You make a choice. Now you have that choice because God gave you that choice. Matter of fact, he gave you that choice because he loves you. You can't have real love without choice. If God forced you to love him, it wouldn't be love. And so you're given the choice to go in the direction you're told. Go that way. Head in that direction. Now I know it's not easy. I know that sometimes I look over here and I'm like, that looks pretty good. Let's go over there. And sometimes it's this, oh, that looks pretty good. I'm going over there. We all do it. We've all done it. Some of us are doing it right now. As a believer in Jesus Christ, some of you have been in the game a long time and you know exactly where you're supposed to be going. But if you're really honest, you might not be headed in the right direction. And the thing I love about this song, Psalm 84, it's about heading in the right direction. It's about heading to God and not away from him. It's about being in the presence of God. It's about a fundamental commitment in your life to go towards him and not away from him. No matter what. You might get distracted. You might stumble. You might sin. You might even fall down sometimes. You might even fail. Matter of fact, I know you will. But here's the good news. Stay pointed in the right direction. And if you do that, the Bible says that you can live a strength-to-strength, ever-increasing, victorious power kind of life. I need some of that. See, the worst thing you can do when you're lost, the worst thing you can do when you're lost is just walk somewhere. Like if you're in the woods and you're lost, if you're like, I guess I'll just go this direction. That's the worst thing you can do because you don't even know where you're going. You could be going in the wrong direction and find yourself 20 miles in the wrong direction and then die. So the first rule of survival when you're lost is to not just keep walking. You have to stop. Get it? You have to stop. And here's, a, here's, a, here's an acronym that I'll give you for stop. When you're lost, stop. That's the first S. Stop. Just stop for a second. Maybe that's what this is for you today. 2021. Stop. Just, just sit there for a second. Allow the Lord to, to speak to you. Allow him to meddle in your life a little bit. Just stop. The T is think. God gave you a brain. Yes? And you should use it. It's a gift. And so if you know you're going in the wrong direction because you've stopped and now you're thinking, you're not even feeling yet. You're thinking. You're not being determined by your feelings. You're thinking. 
And you recognize that this is a problem. I'm not going in the right direction. O is observe. So now you're thinking. <laughs> and now you're observing. You're making observations. You're like, I observe that if I keep doing this, this is where it goes. If I keep doing that, this is where it goes. I observe that I'm going in the wrong direction. And then the P is plan. Isn't this fun? Stop. Think. Observe. And plan. That's what they tell people that are lost in the woods. Stop. Think. Observe. Plan. Don't you think that could be applied to our spiritual life as well? That we stop, we think, we observe, and we plan, and we say, okay, where am I? Because here's the deal. Here's the principle of the path. If you're on the path, you will eventually end up in the destination that you're pointed towards. Yes? That's the principle of path. That if you are on that road, that's where you're headed. And so if you are headed towards Jerusalem, if you are headed towards Zion, if you're headed towards the tabernacle, if you're headed towards the house of God, if you're headed towards the scriptures, if you're headed towards prayer, where are you going to end up? In his presence. In his presence. And matter of fact, it's always there. It's always there. And the crazy thing that, that the Jews didn't have is they had God in the tabernacle. As a follower of Jesus, you have God in the person of the Holy Spirit in you. You don't even have to get up and walk. He's right there right now in each one of you, in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Oh, that, that should be so mind-blowing to me. You should be so excited, so enamored by this idea that maybe, just maybe, you'd sell everything for it. Maybe, just maybe, if you found a treasure buried in a field that nobody knew about, that you would sell everything to buy that field because you knew there was a treasure in it. And guess what? That's what you have. That's what you have. That's what I have. And so here's the question I have for you. Where are you headed? In 2021, where are you headed? Are you headed towards the old stuff? Are you headed towards the rear view mirror? Are you headed towards your past? Are you headed towards the things people have said about you? Are you headed towards all the junk that keeps holding you down? Or are you headed towards God? Are you headed towards the peace that he provides, the joy, the forgiveness, the mercy, everything that he gives you? Are you headed towards him? And I don't know about you, but I am so tired of the past. Aren't you? Aren't you tired of the voices? Aren't you tired of what people have said? Aren't you tired of all that stuff? It's not easy. God never said it's going to be easy, but he holds it out to you and says, take it. Just take it. It's never depleted. It's always available. You never can lose it. Can you get this today? Whew. I want to be moving towards God. And my prayer and plan for all of us is that we're moving towards God today. 
and that we're moving towards God tomorrow and that we're moving towards God this week and that we're moving towards God this month and we're moving towards God this quarter and this year and the next year and the next year and the next year. It'll be a long, long journey of faithful obedience towards the one that I need. See, we're all on a pilgrimage. But here's the thing. The point of that pilgrimage, the point of that pilgrimage is the presence of God. You're on a journey for the presence of God. Every year, a Jewish man was required by law to go to Jerusalem, to go to the temple, to be with God. And that's where you get some of these psalms that talk about going to Jerusalem. Matter of fact, there's a section in the psalms called the Ascension Psalms. They're all designed about as I, as I go up the hill, because Jerusalem's on a hill. And it's like, as I go up, this is what I feel, and this is what I think, and this is where I'm headed. You see, it was a part of their story. It was built into their religious activity that at least once a year they were in the presence of God. And we have the opportunity to be in the presence of God every day of our life. Why would we not take that? So I want to give you a couple of things to help you head in the right direction. And then we're going to spend a little time in prayer. This is in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Listen to this. I'm going to read out of the message. I just thought it was so well, well written. But listen to this. Eugene Peterson writes it this way. He says, do you see what this means. I like that. Like he's saying to all of us, you, me, all of us, do you see what this means? And he goes on, he says, all these pioneers who blazed the way, he's talking about people that have gone before us, all these veterans cheering us on, all the people that have gone before, that have done all the things that God has told them to do, the people that are, are inspiring to us, that are no longer with us, the people that encourage us, that, that are no longer with us, it means we'd better get on with it. In other words, they gave their life for this. They gave their whole journey for this. And he says, you better get on with it. He says, strip down, start running, and never quit. I like that. He says, no extra spiritual fat. <laughs> Isn't that good? No extra spiritual fat. He's talking about like religious things that hold us back. No extra spiritual fat. No, look at this, parasitic sin. Barnacles of sin that are holding on to us that we can't get a full stride in. He says, no parasitic sin. And then he says this, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished his, this race that we're in. In other words, he's run the race. He's been there, done that. He even blazed the path. You don't have to use a machete. There's a path that you can walk on. And if you've ever been in a jungle where you had to use a machete, it's not easy to get through the weeds. It's not easy to get through the jungle. And the Bible says that Jesus has already blazed the path. And he's already not just blazed it, but he's finished it. Then watch this. Study how he did it. Here it is. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. He never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish. And with God, he could put up with anything. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. 
Do you know that when Jesus was on this earth, he was fully man? What that means is, is that he experienced everything you're experiencing right now. The pain, the suffering, the challenges of life, he experienced them as a man. And the point is, is that the Bible is trying to get you to see that he can relate. He knows what's going on in your world. He knows the challenges you're facing. And what he says is he's been there, done that, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there. He's gone from here to there. And there is with his father. And it says in a place of honor, right alongside God. Guess where you're headed? Guess where you're headed because of what Jesus has done for you? The same place. You get to go to the same place Jesus went. He says, when you find yourself, listen, when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over the story again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. And then I love this. That will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Does some of y'all need a shot of adrenaline today in your soul? Like a five-hour drink of Jesus? Huh? Some of you need that. You need a monster energy drink of the Holy Spirit right now in your life. And the way to get it is to get turned in the right direction. And so here are four things to help you get there. Number one, number one, is create some space for God to fill. You've heard me say it, and I'll keep saying it over and over. And if you think it's elementary, that's fine. Just do it. Because what I've found is a lot of people hear a lot of things, they just don't do it. A mature believer doesn't just hear things, they do stuff with it. And so create some space for God to fill. Create some space for him to fill. This week, come to prayer and fasting. If you can't come in person, come online. Create some space for God to fill. Matter of fact, we've created all kinds of fun new soap things. I've got them right here. These will help you study the Bible. If you're like, I don't know what soap is, it tells you. Go out into the lobby. There's a little place. Grab these and say, you know, Lord, I didn't read my Bible one time last year. I didn't even crack the book. Fine. Say you're sorry. Say, God, I, forgive me. And grab that guide. And don't allow the enemy to steal any more of your life. So prayer and fasting. Grab a guide and start soaping. Join a group. You see how easy we make this? Just begin to move towards God. He's there. And the strength, the strength, life is right there for you. Psalm 84, 7 says it this way in a different translation. They will continue. Look, they will continue to grow stronger. Strength is strength. They will continue to grow stronger and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. In other words, he's guaranteeing the delivery. You will be with God if you do this. You know, my family this year uh, or last year, <laughs> last year, we, we made a commitment to read the Bible together. The whole Bible. You're like, <laughs> right? Some of you are like never done that. But we use the U version, which I don't know if you've ever downloaded that app. But what's really cool about it, if you've never tried this, you could do this in your own family. 
is grab a Bible reading plan that's on there, one that you like or whatever, and then invite people to participate in it. Like that's what we did. We invited, like I invited my wife and my kids and, and a few of our family members. And it was kind of fun throughout the year. You know, we were able to just kind of go through it together, keep each other accountable, help each other, you know, make observations, you know. And it was so good. And I got to the end of the year and it was so fun for me as a dad to be able to celebrate the fact that my 13-year-old boy and my 16-year-old daughter read the Bible with me all the way through. Guys, at 13, at 16, I had not read the Bible all the way through. Some of you are 50-some niners. And you have not read the Bible all the way through. And I'm just telling you, look, this isn't guilt. This is, if you're going to believe in a God, you should at least read his book. It lacks all kinds of integrity to be up there, standing up there, trying to evangelize. And somebody comes to you and says, oh, have you read the book? And you're like, most of it? Kind of? Well, you know, I haven't been around in a long time. Just take a step of faith. And I, and I say this to you, and this is just for you. If my 13-year-old son can do it, you can do it too. Yes? Yeah, okay. Don't receive that as guilt. Receive that as motivation. Because you can. The enemy's trying to keep you from it. So create some space that God will fill. Number two is create a fixed point of reference. Create a fixed point of reference. What does that mean? Well, you see it in verse 2 of what I just read in Hebrews. He says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the present. That's the point. That's the pilgrimage. That's where you're headed. You're headed towards Jesus. Now, I have to, this is kind of a guilty pleasure, okay? I'll share it with you as long as you don't tell anyone, okay? We good? Guys, don't, don't share. I'm, I'm talking to the people online. I just want to make sure they don't share this with anyone, okay? When the Winter Olympics come around, I have to admit, I really like figure skating. I know, I know. For some people, that's not very manly. I, I get it. But I enjoy it. I think it's pretty amazing what these, particularly the ladies, do. I, I think it's cool. I'm not into the costumes and all the flair. I just think athletically what they're doing is pretty impressive. And one of the things they do is, you know, have you ever seen them do those spins? Holy moly. Is it, do we have any figure skaters in here that have spun like that? No? Okay. Well, if you do, I think that's pretty amazing. But what, what's amazing is they, they start to spin, and then all of a sudden, they pick up momentum, right? And they just, whoa, 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 And they're just spinning, spinning, and spinning. And I'm thinking to myself, I would vomit... I would throw up, I would fall down. Matter of fact, if I was able to complete the spin, I would then hit the ground and bang my head on the hard ice. Which I guess all of you would do too, because you don't have the skill that these people have. And I watch this, and, and, and sometimes here it is. And I felt this way, I promise you. I felt this way in 2020. I felt like I was in a spin sometimes. Did you feel that way? Did you ever feel that you were just kind of spinning and like, oh, I'm out of, I'm, I'm in this, this spin and I can't seem to control it. Maybe it was emotionally, maybe it was physically, maybe it was in a relationship. I don't know, but you just felt like you were spinning. And the thing that I think I know about figure skating is the way that they keep from spinning out of control is that they find a fixed point of reference. 
And somehow they're able to stay on that fixed point of reference as they're spinning. And then when they come out of their spin, they're able to keep skating. Get this. Isn't this amazing? And what the Bible is saying to us is if we will fix our eyes on Jesus. So in the middle of your spin, in the middle of your difficulties, and you're spinning out of control, and you want to give up, and you want to sit down, and you want to stop. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because eventually you're going to come out of that spin. The Bible promises that you will eventually come out of the spin, whether it's in this life or the next. You keep your eyes on Jesus, that fixed point of reference. And when you come out of that spin, he's right there. And you keep walking in the same direction. You keep walking in the same direction. And so we've got to create some space. We've got to create a fixed point of reference. Number three is we've got to stay the course. You ever wanted to give up? If I'm really honest, there was a moment this week I wanted to give up. You ever felt that? And the Bible says don't. You get your eyes on Jesus and run with endurance. And matter of fact, when you start waning and you start feeling like you're flagging and you feel like you can't do it and your faith is all over the place and you don't know what to do, the Bible says, remind yourself. Number four, repeat the story. Do you see what Jesus did? He says, when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over the story again, item by item, that the, the, the litany of hostility that Jesus plowed through, all of the sin, all of the death, all of the brokenness of the world, all of it he took upon himself. He says, remind yourself what he's done. Remind yourself of the path that he's created. Remind yourself of the, of the salvation that he's provided, the freedom that he's provided, the love that he's provided. Remind yourself of these things. Study what he did. Look at him and get moving. Look at him. And then, you know, I love this line. He says, it's going to be adrenaline for your soul. It's going to be adrenaline for your soul. I need some adrenaline for my soul today. And so, God, we remember what you've done for us right now. Lord, for a moment, we just meditate on the truth of the word of God that tells us that you are our fixed point of reference. You are the one that we look to. When we're spinning out of control, God, you are the one. Lord, we just want to confess that some of us need to just simply be honest and say in 2020 we were headed in the wrong direction. And we ask your forgiveness. And we repent. And we turn and go in the right direction. We're headed towards you. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, feel the forgiveness of God coming into your life so that you might throw off anything that binds you, any religious expectations, any sin that's parasitical in your life. All of it is falling off right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the salvation that you need. Receive the grace that you need. Receive the freedom that you need so that you can begin to run 
so that you can begin to move towards him, so that you can begin to fix your eyes on him and finish this race like you were designed to do. God, I thank you. I thank you for that. You know, the Bible says that some of us may or may, may not have a relationship with Jesus. And just for a moment, I want to share the message of the gospel. You may have been trying really hard for a long time. You know, the Bible says that you can't try hard enough. But there's nothing you can do to save yourself. Matter of fact, the Bible says the only way we accomplish what Jesus has put before us to accomplish is to abide in him more. That's it. You will never be able to do what God calls you to do without abiding in him. And I know for some of us, we've been working really hard and we've been trying really hard. And I just want to say to you, relax. Stop. Get your eyes fixed on Jesus again and recognize that he's there to help you. And some of us in the room, we don't even have a relationship with Jesus. That's not our story. And so the Bible says that if you would be willing to accept the free gift of Jesus, in other words, Jesus came in the form of a baby, which we just celebrated. He grew into a man. He went to a cross, died a brutal death, took on him the weight, the sin weight of the world, died, three days later was resurrected. There's no other religion that claims that. Jesus Christ was resurrected bodily, and beat sin and death for you and for me. My friends, that's good news. And I don't know if that's your story, but it can be. The Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's done what he said, that he will come in and make all of this a reality for you. And so I want to pray for you. If that's your desire today, if it's your desire today to take a step of faith towards God, to get on the right path, headed towards God for salvation, I want to pray this prayer. So let's all pray together. If you're online, I'd love for you to pray this prayer as well. I don't need anybody looking around. I just need everybody praying. And so nobody's going to pray alone. And so I'd ask you to pray with me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I can't do it without you. Forgive me for trying. Lord, would you forgive me of my sins? Will you be my Savior? I trust you today. Would you change me from the inside out? And create in me a clean heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to invite us into just a few minutes of personal prayer. Some of you are like, I've never done this. I've never prayed. That's okay. We want to create some space for God to speak. And so I'd like for you to just simply sit in your chair. There's going to be some music playing. And I'd ask you to, to spend some time just listening to God. Maybe you don't even have anything to say. But I can guarantee you he has something to say. And the question is, is, are we listening? And so just spend a little time in the, in the quietness of it. Maybe open your Bible. You can, you can, uh, uh, maybe you remember the Lord's Prayer from when you were a kid or something, you know. 
and just begin to pray and just begin to seek God. And we're just going to spend a few minutes doing that. And so uh, love for us to just kind of enter into that time of prayer as we as we just worship our great God. Let me let me let me lead us into that. God, I thank you for the fact that you are who you say you are. And Lord, we need to hear from you. And so, God, in this moment together, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would speak to us, that you would, that you would stir us in some way, that you, would, that you would move us in some way. We need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, let's pray.